Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Batmanta, it's season 2, episode 32, it's WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, I know we're back, I know we didn't have an episode last week, but there just wasn't much news going on, so uh, we're not going to have an episode just for the sake of it, and we've got some very, very exciting news for you, and uh, a huge result to share with you. But just before we get to all of that, if you haven't already, please do not forget to like, subscribe, or leave a rating, leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple. Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and you can like us on Facebook and, of course, follow us on Instagram. And please do not forget to tell your friends, tell your family, tell your work colleagues, tell your sporting colleagues, tell everyone that you possibly can that this is the uh, the main sporting frontier from a WA sporting front, especially a WA domestic sporting front. And speaking of the domestic sports weekly wrap, we're going to start off with the team that we started off with for most of the, the Super Netball Corp season because they've been absolutely sensational, been dominant. Although they finished second uh, in the overall season, uh, they won it all. So without further ado, let's get to the West Coast Fever. To pass is Ariang with the interception. That's a massive play from the Diamonds goal defence. And if they can drain this, well, that's going to be oh. the exclamation point, isn't it? Well, that's why she's in the side. Firstly, Ariang with the interception. And then it was all finished off by Sasha Glasgow. Yes, how could you not get excited about him? It's happened. It's finally done. And boy, oh boy, they won the grand final. The West Coast Fever are the champions for 2022. The Suncorp Super Netball champions. They are reigning supreme over the netball, uh, the netball fraternity across Australia. No one thought they could do it. And they've been there numerous times before, but uh, they finally took it out. So 2018, uh, 2020, uh, and uh, they did it. So And also 2019, let's not, let's not forget that one either. But just before we get there, uh, just going back to the major semifinal last week, Janelle Fowler, she broke the record for most goals in a final. She had 67 goals at 97% shooting and she certainly continued that uh, in the actual grand final and of course they were preparing for their third grand final in five seasons uh, which is quite a stunning bit of dominance but just without taking the title in that time but of course they did and uh, they did it in fine fashion so after 59 games so we're just setting the scene for everyone after 59 games of Suncorp Super Netball eight teams became two with a grand final between the Melbourne Vixens and the West Coast Fever. And just lastly on that, on uh, Janelle Fowler again, she has a 97% shooting accuracy across the whole season, which is just ridiculous. So they won, and they won 70-59 to in front of a packed and sold-out RAC, RAC arena, which uh, um, Suncorp Super Nepple commentator Kath Cox, she told us, was the largest uh, you know, capacity crowd for a grand final, which actually beat the previous uh, West Coast Fever home grand final capacity crowd. So they absolutely packed it out. Uh, the Green Army did what they needed to do. They showed everyone that uh, West Australians love their sport and uh, and they love netball, but also they love winners, uh, which is why they rocked up. Uh, they broke a 25-year streak of not winning a title in any incarnation of a national netball competition since Perth joined all those years ago. So it's the first time that they ever won 
huge, huge victory. Uh, it will certainly be uh, a time that, uh, that we don't forget in the near future. And we always remember uh, that one time where the West Coast Fever won the first ever netball championship for WA. Of course, you had the Perth Orioles um, all, all that time ago, and they morphed into the West Coast uh, Fever. Um, but yeah, it's done. It's finally here. And then, of course, the competitions have changed as they as they have had over a long period of time. I think we're five or six years into the Suncorp Super Netball. But uh, let's go into the game. Uh, let's break it down. Let's find out where the game was won, where it was lost. And uh, just quickly going back to the first quarter, I watched this game from the first second to the last. Uh, and uh, it was a cracker of a game. Uh, they certainly didn't dominate it, even though an 11-goal scoreline uh, w- would seem. It was tight throughout, but they just won the pressure moments. Uh, so the Vixens actually had 6-3 to three, six to three general play turnovers uh, with 30 seconds to go in the first quarter, uh, which is huge. Um, like Having that many term- turnovers just in the first quarter is massive, and it just really put the pressure on them. Courtney Bruce, she had six deflections in the first quarter alone. Normally, if you're getting six deflections at the end of a game, uh, if you're a GK or a GD, that's a win. And she had six in the first quarter alone. Just unreal. She was flying for everything, and she was having a huge impact um, uh, against Mike Wender, who, of course, is one of the premier shooters in the competition. Now, they actually won all four quarters. Uh, They won the first by four, the second by two, the third by three, and the last by two as well. And again, that doesn't normally happen. But uh, they won all four of them. Brilliant effort. They shot at 98% up against uh, the Melbourne Vixers, 94%, which, of course, is nothing to sneeze at, but 98% is just remarkable. Of course, we're just talking about the normal goals, not so much the super shot, because uh, West Coast Fever, they're not normally a super shot team. And why would you when you've got the dominance of Janiel Fowler? Uh, West Coast Fever, they had 13 to 10 gains. So three more. They had four to two offensive rebounds, six to one defensive rebounds. Uh, they did lose the intercepts two to seven. Uh, so uh, the Melbourne Vixens were quite dominant with those intercepts. But deflections, uh, we heard uh, how well Courtney Bruce did. And uh, overall as a team, uh, they had 15 to seven. Uh, the Vixens yet again, and this is going back to the major semifinal a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they were costly with contact penalties. They drew 70 contact penalties to the Fever's only 48, which just means that there were more times where Vixen's players were out of the play and then what, what were the Fever's. And, of course, that makes a huge difference when your players are out of the play, unable to really make a difference and influence. And, uh, of course, just um, mainly giving Janil Fowler and uh, Sasha Geisko opportunities to score. And speaking of that lady that we've spoken about quite a bit, of course, across the whole season, but uh, this main part alone, uh, she shot at 58 from 59 goals. She was locked in. And uh, just lastly, Sasha Glasgow, she was the best on court. She received the medal for best on court. Uh, And she was four of four goals, four of nine from the super shop. She had 26 assists and 28 feeds. Just a remarkable game that she had. Uh, this was her first grand final. So what what a time to uh, step up to the mark and have one of your best games of your life on the biggest stage of it all. And uh, But just quickly, though, we have to look down the other end 
and uh, Captain Courtney Bruce just did it again in the goalkeeper's role. She accumulated eight gains, seven deflections, and six defensive rebounds. So that's it. That's the end of the season. No more West Coast fever, and uh, we don't need to because they did it. They uh, they punched above their weight. They've been in the reckoning for a long period of time. As we heard, uh, they've been in three of the last five grand finals, including this year as well. Uh, you know, they had their chances. Uh, they had a home grand final back in 2019, and unfortunately, they didn't get the chocolates. Uh, they, of course, lost to the Melbourne Vixens, coincidentally enough, in 2020. And, uh, you know, uh, 2018, that, that was another loss. I'm pretty sure that was to the Sunshine Coast Lightning. So they had enough opportunities to win, but it just didn't fall their way for whatever the reason. But Dan Ryan seems to have been the main catalyst uh, alongside the move of Alice Teague-Neald to WA. Seems to be a bit of a masterstroke. And then having Sasha Glasgow as your GA. So uh, Alice Teague-Neald has had an incredible season uh, in, the, in the WA role. And doing all of this pretty much without just answers for most of the season. Uh, so but she was massive in the major semifinal. And once again yesterday had a huge impact too. But uh, we, we've spoken about it as we said quite a bit. Uh, but Janiel Fowler just absolutely unstoppable. Too hard to play, too hard to get around. Anything that Sasha Glasgow missed, Janiel Fowler got, uh, just with those huge offensive rebounds. Uh, just too strong, too good. Uh, she's playing a remarkable netball, and she's gone from strength to strength to strength every single season, and uh, she's still getting better and better. So it's a privilege to have her on our team, and such you know such a valuable asset and uh, a great option to pass to but overall the whole whole organization they've just pulled it together they all seem to be on the same page they're working together as i said you know and i think it would be unfair of us to to sort of forget and think about all the great work that stacy marinkovich has done in the lead up to it so she of course drove the program and you know got uh got west coast fever to two of the last four grand finals not including this year and then Dan Ryan stepped into a program that was pretty much ready to go, made a couple of little changes. and But, you know, I think for the most part from everything that I've read, heard and uh, listened to is that uh, he, he sort of didn't want to change too much because there was a lot that was working and going right. So you don't need to come in and uh, tear everything down and just start again. You just make some slight little modifications, which he has. Uh, Dan Ryan, really, really impressive when I listened to him uh, in his uh, in his chats and podcasts and and uh and of course his press conferences and yeah they're just they hummed along nicely all season of course now it wasn't perfect they had their lapses and and uh they ended up finishing two games behind melbourne vixens and gave up you know losses that they shouldn't have but they pulled it together when they needed to and uh they really trained supremely hard and got themselves in a position where two weeks off was actually an, a massive advantage for them and didn't come back to haunt them so they absolutely uh jumped out of the blocks not only in this game but of course they did it in the major semi-final and that was that was a huge ambush that the vixens didn't expect and of course that that led them to that massive victory and earning the home grand final which of course everyone was up in arms about you know, uh, when when Nepal Australia came out and said that uh, Perth had won the hosting rights, um, five hundred thousand uh, dollars to to have and you know earn earn the right per se to host it. Uh, but uh, West Coast who did their job, they uh, they of course won that major semi final, 
and did the right thing and would have would have had the semi-final anyway um, back in Perth. So that shut a lot of people up, which was really good. All right. I think I need to cut it off there. A lot of West Coast Fever talk, and as it should be, because they're the champions, the Suncorp Super Netball champions, with Sasha Glasgow best on court, Janelle Fowler not far behind her. But to everyone at the whole team of West Coast Fever, well played and congratulations to you. Thoroughly deserved and you earned it. And uh, we'll be touching base with you, hopefully, next season. What a tackle. What a player. Inside 50, Houghton on the lead. Kiara Bowers at her best. Gemma Houghton wastes no time and gets another. That is Fremantle at their very best. Okay, so just quick touch base on the AFLW because they did have the draft the other day. Um, so how the draft works for the AFL women's competition is slightly different. Uh, the players can nominate what what state that they'd like to be selected by. So, of course, if you select uh, WA or nominate WA as your main state, then you can only be picked up by West Coast or Fremantle. And uh, West Coast had quite a number of um, concessions. So they had a number of picks before uh, Fremantle could come into uh, the draft. And that's, of course, because they finished uh, quite low, not just last year, but the last couple of seasons since they've come in. So their main pick was pick number 14, which was Ella Roberts. And pick 15 was Lauren Wackfa. So Ella Roberts was from Peel and Lauren Wackfa was from South Fremantle. Uh, Fremantle's top pick was Madeline Scanlon from Claremont. Um, and just a little bit of a uh, little bit of player watch. Pick number 53, which was the last pick for West Coast. Uh, her name is Michaela Weston from Claremont. She's actually um, the Fremantle Dockers uh, men's team's Joel Weston's sister. Uh, so it was quite an open draft. And experts did believe that Ella Roberts would have been one of the top three, if not the best AFL prospect in the country. But instead, the Peel product could prove one of the biggest steals of the 2022 AFLW draft. Uh, and we know that she was selected with pick 14. And, of course, they picked the surprise of, of uh, you know, picking Lauren, Lauren Wackfar. But they also picked her sister Zoe uh, from South Fremantle as well. Um, but, yeah, Roberts, as we said, who is the Eagles' prize selection. She'll now be tasked with leading West Coast List Rebuild. And she said that she's really excited to get started. Uh, West Coast told her a while ago they were pretty interested and think that they and said that they would make sure that she was playing good footy, um, and but that there really wasn't much pressure on her. Um, so, yeah, uh, she's a bit of a mercurial forward, and she really put her name on the map in 2020 kicking two goals for Peel in the grand final victory over Subiaco. And she's actually grown in stature ever since. Uh, she's really been batting above her weight and building one of the most accomplished football resumes in the country. Before she turned 17, she was named a player of the under-19 national championships, and she was described as the complete package. She's also an All-Australian and two-time WA MVP. And uh, Roberts just as quickly said that she's 100% ready to take the next step. Playing, obviously, WAFLW has prepared her, and uh, she's ready to start. Uh, so, yeah, that's sort of how the how it all played out in regards to West Coast and Fremantle and their AFLW selections uh, in, the, in the Just Gone draft for the upcoming season, which, of course, will be starting late August. So, yeah, there's the selections. They're all done, and you're fully informed as to the main selections as to who got picked for the West Coast women's team and, of course, the Fremantle women's team as well. But from an AFLW perspective, we're out for now. Stowers, Stowers giving it the Ralston, and Ralston will score the 
first try. Runs it to the line, almost intercepted. And it is play on, and Brocky gets it down to McGregor! Jack McGregor! I guess try the Western time, Force, Western a lot Force. of signing what action has try. been happening over the last uh, week or so. Last uh, week and a half, I guess. So former seven-star Tim Anstey and Fijian winger Manasa Matale have been announced as joint winners of the season Best and Fairest Award. Uh, both finished tied, excuse me, on 105 points for the Nathan Sharp medal. So this, of course, is going back to their Best and Fairest Awards. And teenager Tamika Jones, she was the first Rebecca Chloe medal recipient for the Force's Super Women's Best and Fairest winner. Force captain Feliti Cateo and hooker Jack Winchester, they both committed to two more years with the Force. Kaito earned three Wallabies caps during the last rugby championship, and he was selected for the Australia A squad for the Pacific Nations Cup in Fiji. Uh, and former junior Wallaby Winchester, he joined last year and he made six super appearances. Another signing, though, which is uh, quite a big coup, Wallabies hooker and former Brumby, Falau Fainga, he signed with the club uh, just for one year. And utility back Chase Tiatia has signed a two-year deal from the Chiefs. Um, he's a former Samoan under-20 representative who was also at the Hurricanes. He can play full-back, fly half and on the wing, and he's made 37 Super Rugby appearances in the three years since his debut. So that was just a nice little recap of their awards night for the Western Force, both men and women, and a couple of really great re-signings and some new signings too. So Western Force, they're looking good. And of course, we'll touch base with them uh, in due course and a little bit later on when more players are announced. Uh, but for now, for the Western Force, we are out. Okay, so no stinger for uh, for this yet, but this is uh, just bubbling away in the background, especially uh, when State of Origin was up and about only a week or so ago. But there is a possible joint venture between the North Sydney Bears and Perth for an upcoming NRL 18th license. And the preferred option and submission will still be, uh, from a Perth perspective, for the Pirates, as in uh, the Perth Pirates, uh, which, of course, was in the works a number of years ago, but uh, CEO Peter Volander said that probably wasn't going to happen. But uh, North Sydney Bears chairman Daniel Dixon has come out to say that he wants Perth to work, and he's putting his cards on the table. And if the offer is right, they'd be willing to be the Perth Bears based in Perth. It would be 10 home games played at HBF Park with away games at North Sydney Oval. So, yeah, there is a very real prospect, a prospect, should I say, and a massive viability and possibility of NRL finally becoming a national rugby league competition because I just don't think you can call yourself the NRL a national rugby league if you don't have teams in Adelaide and you don't have a team in Perth so of course they've got uh, you know the majority of their clientele and teams that are in New South Wales and Queensland you of course have the Melbourne Storm and then uh, New Zealand as well but uh, this is really great news and we're just going to keep an eye out keep an eye out on it and an ear to see what develops, what's happening. And I believe submissions um, will be happening over the coming weeks um, and sort of month, as I say. So when more news comes of that and when we uh, find out what Perth will be submitting, whether it's the Pirates, which of course they want to put forward as their main main option and main submission. But uh, if the uh, North Sydney Bears, if that uh, 
possibility comes up, we will be keen and we'll be, we're really, really interested because uh, we love our rugby. Uh, of course, uh, going back to the state of origin, uh, we pretty much sold it out. Had, uh, I think, just short of 60,000. I think it was 59,000 or something very close to it. Uh, only, only a week or so ago. And uh, yeah, as I said, very keen. We will keep you posted. We'll keep you in the loop. And once more information comes to light, we will keep you informed. But uh, for the NRL, a bit of an update on uh, on the Perth possible, you know, taking of the NRL 18th license. We're out for now. Oh. All right, so just really, really quickly, uh, and we weren't going to touch base with the Perth Glory, but uh, an announcement literally only happened a couple of hours ago, and this is, of course, on Monday, July 4. Uh, and they are delighted, the Perth Glory, to confirm another signing in Ben Azabel for the next two years. Uh, the 28-year-old, he stands at 1.93 metres tall, so he is a striker, and he's been plying his trade in the Israeli top flight for 75 appearances. And this is alongside 68 appearances in the second division and scoring 43 goals in the process over that time. Uh, most recently, uh, he, of course, was... Uh, well, not of course. He was playing for a team called Hapel Haaranana. And I've absolutely butchered that, but um, I'm doing my best. And this was in the Israeli second division where he actually compiled and tallied 16 goals from 31 games. So... A nice tall striker provides something different for them, a different set of expertise, um, different set of talent, and it looks like they're finally, um, you know, trying to get some scoring power into their team, uh, you know, possibly to replace, of course, Andy Keogh, and then, uh, you know, the the much-failed Daniel Sturridge. And you you do need it because you want to give some support to the main man, Bruno Fornaroli. So, nice signing. Um, That's all we've got for the glory. Uh, we'll touch base with you, of course, when we do find out a little bit more and when they have some more signings that come out. But for now, from a glory perspective, we're out. Okay, we're done. We're dusted. Covered a lot. Um, AFLW, of course, uh, just a really, really uh, late and recent Perth glory signing. Um, some Western Force information. And, uh, you know, we had to touch base with our champions, our superstars, our, you know, inaugural winners. Well, not really inaugural, but they're the winners of the Suncorp Super Netball. I'm talking about none other than the West Coast Fever. But thanks very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't already, please do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been an absolute privilege having you on board. It's been great to check in with all of our teams on the WA domestic sporting scene. But for myself, Adam Bat, we're going to be out, and I'm going to be out for now.